Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Beasy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. Well, it's time to take the leave again from the Sports Comfort Zone to talk news and the President of the United States, Donald Trump. My guest on this special edition of the podcast was a new staff writer for the Daily Gazette from May 2016 to October 2017. During that time, he covered the Schenectady County Legislature and towns within the county and then transitioned to cover Schenectady's neighborhoods and City Hall. He now covers Trump and the White House for the Hill. Here is Brett Samuels. Brett, uh, welcome to the podcast. How are things down in D.C.? Uh, Busy as ever. Thanks for having me on, Ken. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate uh, a few minutes. I know how crazy things are covering a president of the United States, especially this one. We'll get into that just for in a, in a couple minutes, but let's talk about your time at the Gazette. Uh, what did you learn at the Gazette? Uh, well, I am always going to be very grateful to the Gazette. It was my first job out of college, um, and I had a lot of great opportunities, like you mentioned, covering uh, Schenectady County, Schenectady City Hall, covering the neighborhoods. Um, and, you know, it was just a great, great place to learn about uh, coming up with story ideas, making connections with with city officials, with neighborhood leaders, with people who live in the city, who live in the county. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I look back fondly <laughs> on my on my time there at the Gazette. Uh, what was it like dealing with the politicians? I mean, you're a young reporter coming in. You have these veteran politicians. Was it intimidating at first? Yeah, you know, it was definitely uh, it took some time to kind of find my footing and and establish relationships with, with these people, you know, some of them, some of those council members and obviously Mayor McCarthy and some of those folks in the legislature, uh, they've been around for years and years. So, um, you know, I don't know if intimidating is quite the right word, but it definitely took me some time to, to really feel comfortable, you know, just calling them up on a whim and, and asking questions for stories and asking them about problems in the city, problems in the county. Um, so there was definitely an adjustment period, you know, getting to know them and, and getting comfortable talking to them. And there's one particular story that really had nothing to do with the uh, Schenectady County was the uh, incident June 24th, 2017 at the Great Escape when uh, a young girl fell from a gondola-style ride and was caught by uh, somebody. And, that, that, and the story ended up really went vi- viral. And uh, what was it like covering that story and you know, dealing with, with that and the fact that there was a, a hero there with uh, the gentleman who caught the uh, child? Yeah, that one was, if I remember, it was, uh, so I worked, when I worked at the Gazette, I worked a Sunday shift the entire time I was there, and if I recall, that was, um, maybe it happened on a Saturday, that incident, but then on that Sunday, I ended up talking to the guy who who uh, who caught the young woman and, and was the hero that everyone, like you said, it went viral, became a huge story, uh, so that was just <laughs> kind of a, a crazy incident where, you know, something that you never really know what's going to happen uh, that you end up covering. Um, and it ended up being a local story, local guy who we were able to get in touch with. So um, stories like that are really kind of, you know, the other part of, of working at the Gazette that makes it so interesting and keeps things fresh that you never know when there's going to be kind of that local tie to a story that people care about across the country. What was the um, biggest story you covered in your time here? I mean, there was, was a lot with, between that story and the start of the Rivers Casino. I mean, what, looking back, what was the, probably the, the most important and biggest story you, you covered here? Yeah, you mentioned the casino. That's the one that kind of comes to mind for me just because, you know, there was so much that went into it. Um, 
now I was covering it for the few months before it opened, and there was obviously a lot of you know concern about the impact it might have on the neighborhood. There was a lot of excitement about what it might do for the city and for the county in terms of of revenue, and then. Uh, I was there to cover the actual opening of it and kind of the, the several months after it opened and there was a lot that went into, you know, whether it was meeting the projections that they had laid out for how much money they were going to bring in, whether it was, you know, doing what they, what the people who brought it there had promised. So I think the casino and obviously now, you know, given the, the pandemic, it's sort of a totally different ballgame for them. But when I was there, that was definitely, I think, sort of the story that people were really following sort of from beginning to end my entire time that I was there at the Gazette. Did you lose any money? Uh, I think I think uh, the one time I remember going there with a friend, I think I came out ahead by about forty dollars. So, so I'm one of the lucky ones who can, who can say that I. Uh, but if I stuck around longer, I'm sure I would have been uh, would have been in the red. <laughs> well, let's uh, talk about the transition from the Gazette to the Hill. How did the, the job come about? Yeah, so I applied to uh, to work here in D.C. Uh, at the Hill, it started out, I was a breaking news reporter. Um, so really just kind of covering a lot of everything, picking up, you know, whether it was lawmaker interviews or tweets or whatever it may be. Um, you know, breaking news stories that kind of slipped through the cracks. That was sort of how I started. Um, and I did that for, uh, I guess... Maybe it was a year and a half before uh, I started transition over to to the White House beat. Um, and I was really fortunate because uh, a former colleague who who now works at Bloomberg, as there was one of their White House reporters, he was over at the Hill when I started, and he was covering the White House here. And I got to kind of learn from him and work under him for for a while before he moved on to Bloomberg, and that was I think last August. Um, so it's been about a year now that I've been working full-time on the White House beat, um, and I've just been incredibly fortunate to, to be able to get to do that. Um, certainly, I, I never expected this to be the way it panned out when I took the job as sort of a breaking news reporter, but, um, but yeah, I feel very lucky, and uh, it's been a, a great opportunity. Was it a dream of yours to cover something big like this when you were growing up and uh, learning the ropes in high school and college when you're, you know, wanted to be a reporter? You know, I uh, I'm not sure if I ever envisioned myself covering the White House necessarily, but I always kind of thought, you know, when I was working in high school on the on the school paper there, when I was working in college on the school paper there, I always kind of envisioned, you know, that I wanted to to cover some kind of big beat. And you know, at the Gazette, it was kind of like City Hall was kind of like the beat that I ended up on, and that was always what I sort of envisioned as like the crown jewel of, of covering news was covering like city hall or something like that for a local paper. So I was lucky enough to get to do that. And now this is sort of, I feel like just, you know, the same idea just uh, expanded to, you know, the nth degree of, of a bigger scale and sort of the national scale of it all covering the white house. Yes. Especially Donald Trump, who's obviously a polarizing figure uh, as a president. And uh, just what is it like inside that room when he's you know, obviously before this all, I mean, he didn't really do much, but now with the with, with, in, in the Oval Office, much with the your media, I guess, but now with the way he's been running the press conferences with this uh, uh, pandemic we're going through right now, just what is it like being in that room, uh, watching him and listening to him? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's sort of surreal to see it in person. You know, obviously you can you can watch it on TV and get a sense of sort of how he behaves and how he speaks. But, um, 
to see it in person is definitely really interesting. He he definitely, you know, he's definitely a polarizing figure, but he's also kind of, you know, he's, he's a commanding presence. He's a guy who gets your attention, and when he's talking, it's 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 hard to look away. And you know, he's obviously <laughs> he he fosters a lot of different opinions, but I think there's no denying that he's sort of uh, you know this commanding presence. This guy, who, when he speaks, people pay attention, and he knows how to command a room, and he knows how to kind of keep the spotlight on him, and and uh, keep people interested in what it is that he has to say. I mean, they went for the longest time between Sarah Sanders and I forget who was in the middle there. Uh, there were really no White House press briefings. And, I mean, how tough was it to cover that when there were really no briefings? Yeah, so, you know, when there's no briefings, it's uh, there's, there's not a ton of reason to be, like, at the physical White House when that's happening. Um, you know, you can be over there in case sometimes officials will stop and talk to reporters after they do uh, TV interviews. Um, but otherwise, it's it's kind of limited, obviously, you know, especially now, given the coronavirus, they're asking reporters to kind of uh, limit their time at the White House unless they really need to be there to kind of loosen up the crowds and lessen the crowds. But, um, you know, Sarah Sanders kind of started to do away with those briefings. Stephanie Grisham was the last press secretary. And she didn't do any briefings the entire time she was there. Um, we saw Kaylee McEnany, the new press secretary, did her first one last week that I was at. Um, so perhaps they're starting to come back. But it definitely kind of uh, forced you to rely more on kind of the sources outside the White House when, when the White House itself isn't really doing much on a day-to-day basis to provide info. Uh, obviously, Trump has a you know has the fake news uh you, you know he doesn't like you know cnn doesn't like msnbc loves fox sometimes he'll take shots at fox i mean has he ever uh taken a shot at you uh not personally i, <laughs> I have avoided that thus far um but yeah you know it's certainly something that uh you have to kind of i guess you know leave out of the equation when you're trying to decide you know what kind of question to ask him how to go about talking to him um because sometimes, you know, he just goes at these reporters because he doesn't like the question. And sometimes I think it's kind of for the show of it. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's just something that you have to know might happen if he doesn't like the question. And you just have to be professional about it and, and ask your question professionally and go about your job professionally. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the uh, podcast. We'll come back with more with Brett Samuels from The Hill. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. I'm Dr. Howard Zucker, New York State's Health Commissioner. I'm calling on all New Yorkers to do their part to slow the spread of coronavirus. Everyone, even young people and those who feel well, stay home. If you must go outside, stay six feet from others. This will ensure everyone who needs hospital care can get it. This virus spreads even without symptoms. Stay home and stay safe. Be a part now so we can all be together later. Stay informed at health.ny.gov coronavirus. Back on the podcast, I'm Ken Schott the Daily Gazette, Associate Sports Editor, as we take a step outside the sports world with uh, Brett Samuels, former Daily Gazette news reporter and now White House correspondent for The Hill. Uh, obviously, with this pandemic, uh, Brett, the fact that I mean, it's, it's a daily briefing with, with Trump, uh, and sometimes he just goes off in tangents. I mean, how do you try to decipher the truth from fiction? 
Yeah, you know, it's something that I think it definitely gets easier the the longer you cover the White House and the longer you cover this president is you kind of pick up on, you know, sort of his verbal tics and, and the statements and phrases that he brings back a lot. And so you kind of get a sense of, you know, what you really need to hone in on and, and understand that it's news and that it's something new that he's saying and sort of weed out the uh, – the other commentary and statements that he'll make to kind of, you know, pad, <laughs> pad the more interesting parts. So it, it definitely gets easier with time. Um, and certainly the longer you cover the same beat, it just kind of comes with a territory that you know more about what's already happened on the beat. So that helps you decipher, you know, if the president is saying something happened that didn't actually happen. Well, if you've been covering it for a few months or a year or whatever it is, uh, you know, you, you are more aware of that than if you're kind of coming into it fresh. So I think it definitely gets easier with time to sort of understand what to pay attention for and, and, and what to look for. Do you get the sense, and this is just my personal question, not uh, anything with the Gazette or anything, do you think he's most, the most divisive president we've had in this, in, on, at least in our generation? Um, uh, it's hard It's hard for me to say just because I'm, I'm relatively young. Uh, so I only remember... I guess the last three or four presidents personally, but um, I think every president is kind of dis- divisive in their in their own way. But uh, certainly Donald Trump, I think what's been sort of amazing to me is there was no moment from the time he was elected where, you know, there was sort of even a brief, I guess, coming together, for lack of a better word. It just seems like from the get go, it's been very divisive and there's been no no signs of that slowing down. Mm-hmm. Obviously. With this pandemic, he's comes. Uh, Trump has been all over the place with this, and of course, he he made headlines recently with the uh, think that he could uh, cure this uh, virus with uh, bleach and ultraviolet light. And what was the reaction like inside uh, inside that press room, uh, Doctor Brooks? I mean, there was a I think a meme of her reaction. It was like she was just like I think dumbfounded by it. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was one of those things where it's sort of like in slow motion, you could kind of see what he was starting to say, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, where is this going to go? Um, and he obviously, the next day, he tried to to play it off that he was being sarcastic, but I think, you know, again, that's kind of like to your earlier question, anybody who was kind of in the room or watching that play out understood that it wasn't really sarcastic. So um, it was certainly one of the more uh, notable, I think, things that have happened at those coronavirus briefings and it's sort of, you know, I think he had one the day after where he didn't take any questions. And since then they've kind of done away with those coronavirus press briefings. So it's, you know, I think it's, it's fair to say that that moment was kind of a turning point for, uh, for how some of the folks around the president kind of viewed the briefings that perhaps they were doing more harm than good. In fact, that some of the networks are starting to just cut away from, from that stuff. And yeah, cause I think a lot of people, are on the assumption that this is in lieu of being able to go out and campaign uh, to go to rallies. This was his sort of his uh, uh, chance to uh, be a, have a campaign rally just without the, uh, the with uh, the people in the uh, in the in the seats in the uh, in the arena. So, did you get the sense that was the case? Um, to a degree, you know, I certainly think that he, uh, you know, he likes he likes kind of driving the news cycle and being the person who who news networks are, are talking about and being the one at sort of the center of it all. Um, but, you know, I've talked to, to people who kind of reject the idea that they were a stand-in for the campaign rallies just because 
you know, it's such a somber topic and a serious topic, and that's much different from from what uh, what he usually does at his campaign rallies. But at the same time, I think there's no denying that you know he enjoyed going out there every day, kind of having the back and forths with the press. Um, you know, it certainly it gave him it gave him kind of an outlet at a time when he's really been kind of cooped up in the White House for the most part for the better part of I guess two months now, really. Yeah, and of course we. He loves to tweet. He tweets probably at all hours of the day. And uh, just this morning, he was tweeting about um, the video by the Lincoln Group, headed by uh, George Conway, the wife of uh, Kelly Ann Conway. And I don't know how that marriage stays together with the way that they are different on, on Trump. But uh, he was, you know, he's upset about the the video that uh, called a morning in America, M O U R, uh, and I N G. It was a takeoff in the morning in America, Reagan. Uh, video from uh, back in the 1980s, uh, where they basically say now, four, I mean, in the four years that he's been Trump has been in charge, and especially with this pandemic, it's it's been a bad situation. Uh, how often do you follow his tweets, and you just do you shake your head sometimes, uh, like some people do? Yeah, so I I have notifications on for the tweets, so my phone buzzes at, at all hours of the day. Um, but you know, it's. Uh, I think when he's, I, I try to pay attention to as many of them as I can. But certainly when he's, he gets on sort of a tear of, of tweeting, you know, several in a row or retweeting a bunch of accounts in a row, it can kind of become easy to tune them out. Um, and you know, it certainly he's he's used Twitter unlike any politician that has ever used the platform to get his message out. And still, you know, with I think it was. Gosh, maybe three weeks ago. It's it's hard to keep track of time these days. But um, maybe three weeks ago or so, when he tweeted at like ten o'clock at night, um, you know that he was going to sign an executive order suspending all immigration into the United States. So, you know, for as many times as he tweets these things, that just kind of you kind of look at it and then carry on with your life. He still manages to have these other tweets where he uses it to push policy and really surprise people and, and make these announcements that people aren't expecting. You ever talk to Kellyanne Conway to ask her about George? I have not personally. <laughs> I think she's, she's gotten enough questions about that. It's uh, I'll leave that to, to other folks to, to keep asking about. Uh, do, you, do you get to travel at all with, with uh, the presidential party or are you just mainly uh, confined to the White, uh, the White House? Uh, so I have gotten to travel, uh, three or four times, um, out of DC. Um, I've been a couple of times just traveling down to Virginia to his golf course when it's fallen to me on the weekend to pick that up. Um, but I've, I've been fortunate enough that a few times, yeah, I've, uh, traveled to a rally and then, um, I spent a few days out west when he went in September to do some fundraising and to do a rally and a couple other events in California and New Mexico. Do you think? Do you think this is wearing on him? I mean, do you think he's frustrated to the point? I mean, he's going to run again, obviously, for a second term. But do you sense this, the frustration with the media, with some of his uh, the people he has under him, that uh, he wants to be iron fist and it just isn't working out? Um, you know, I think it kind of, it's, it's, uh, certainly right now it's a really tough situation because the coronavirus and the pandemic is something that, you know, we've, 
in at least 100 years, I guess, we haven't really seen anything like it. So he's in kind of an especially difficult spot where he can't be out, you know, having his rallies and, and sort of speaking directly to his supporters and kind of taking in that adulation that he really feeds off of in these big events. So I think it definitely, you know, and we see him today. He's, he's traveling to Arizona. He's kind of starting to get out of the White House a little bit more. Um, so I think, you know, the whole pandemic has kind of uh, taken a toll, certainly on everybody, but including the president has sort of had to kind of adjust his best laid plan for how he wanted to campaign, how he wanted to, to go about this reelection year. Uh, we've got a comment on my uh, Facebook page from Frank, uh, Frank Puglisi. He says, God bless you for doing such a tough job. And he wonders what it's like. How, how does it feel to, to, to listen to Trump? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, it's uh, like I said, you know, it's, it's something where the more the more you hear him talk, the more you you watch him and, and listen to him. It, it gets easier, I think, at being able to kind of pick out like, OK, these are the parts where it's kind of the usual sentiment about his accomplishments or about what his administration is doing or attacking his critics. And here are the parts where I know to kind of tune in and, and really hone in on what he's saying, because this could really be news or interesting. Um, so it definitely gets easier <laughs> with time. And my final question for you, I mean, you obviously are around the other reporters from CNN, Fox, uh, MSNBC, the major, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS. I mean, do you guys talk about uh, what it's like, you know, listening to Trump, what, what it's like covering covering his presidency? Yeah, you know, there's certainly a sense of camaraderie um, just among everyone is kind of going through the same thing, sort of the nonstop 24-hour news cycle, um, dealing with the tweets, dealing with sort of some of these different things. I mean, you know, he's the first president to really, every time he leaves the White House and, and goes out to the helicopter, uh, he, I would say, you know, eight times out of 10 will stop and, and take questions. And other presidents certainly didn't do it that frequently. So there's certainly a lot of camaraderie about just kind of the constant nature of the news cycle and about, uh, you know, everything that's been happening in this administration. Um, and it's led to a lot of really good journalism and a lot of really good work. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely cool to be a part of that. Uh, Brett, where can people follow you on Twitter for your coverage of the White House? Uh, so, yeah, I am at, my handle is Brett underscore Samuels 27, or they can follow The Hill, which is probably a little simpler <laughs> to find. Well, Brett, I appreciate a few minutes. Uh, you know, great work you're doing there at The Hill. And, uh, you know, you did a lot of great things here at the Gazette, and I appreciate you coming on. I know how busy it is. It's probably, a, you know, it's covering that seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's kind of tough and probably wearing, but I appreciate you giving me a few minutes to talk about uh, covering the White House. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Ken. I right. hope, uh, hope everything's well in Schenectady. Well, everything's good. The sun's out today. A little chilly. It's still waiting for spring to show up. <laughs> <laughs> That is one piece of upstate New York that I, uh, I'm not sure I miss as much. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Samuels, thank you once again from The Hill. Coming up, we'll back up and wrap up the podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox in just a moment. Hi, this is Ken Schott, Associate Sports Editor of the Daily Gazette and host of the Parting Shots podcast. The coronavirus has affected many American lives. To help prevent the spread of the coronavirus, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have the following tips. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue, then throw the tissue in the trash. 
Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. Stay home when you are sick, except to get medical care. And finally, wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. For more information, go to www.cdc.gov COVID-19. Follow the Daily Gazette's continuing coverage of the coronavirus online at dailygazette.com and in the print edition. Back to wrap up the podcast, keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I'd like to thank the Hill White House correspondent and former Daily Gazette news writer Brett Samuels for coming on. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day and stay safe.